Hi everyone, this is Olga Mack, working from home, building a future contract, and today I am with Heather. Heather, please introduce yourself. Hi, thanks for having me, Olga. My name is Heather Stevenson. I'm currently the Assistant General Counsel to Boston Globe Media Partners. We publish the Boston Globe, Boston.com, and Stat News as our life sciences vertical. Um, I've been a lawyer since 2011. I started my career in big law as a litigation associate in New York, moved home to Boston to start my own business at Juice and Smoothie Bar, and found my way back to the law at my current role in 2018. That's a very interesting path. I would say that's, it's fair to say that it's not a traditional path, right? That's absolutely correct. How can I understand how you made those choices, um, especially sort of the turn to business and then back to law? Um, how did that happen? So I had always had an interest in starting a food business. And I think a lot of lawyers have something similar that wouldn't it be cool if type thing that they want to do. I knew that it was a good time to do it back in 2014. I didn't have children or any huge obligations. And I had the opportunity to try something new and different off of the traditional path. Um, and I knew that the law would always be waiting for me. So when I got to the point where life at a law firm didn't seem to be right for me, even if it was sort of the path of least resistance, I decided to give something else a try, knowing that I could always return to the law if um, I wanted to. And as it turned out, I loved running a business and had the opportunity to learn so many things that I didn't learn in law school, would never have learned at a law firm, like goal setting and measuring against those key performance indicators, like the ability to get things done no matter what, even if it required um, sort of more creative solutions, not strictly legal ones. Um, and even things like contract review and negotiation were relatively new to me because I had been a litigation associate. So the business allowed me the opportunity to, to do all sorts of things I never would have done at a law firm. And that was really great. I also just had a lot of fun meeting new people, being around different ideas and outside of the legal world. However, eventually I came to miss practicing law. Um, there's something about thinking like a lawyer that is really special. I think a lot of lawyers who love their jobs can kind of relate. It's hard to identify exactly what it is, something about the analytical problem solving. And so I ultimately determined that I would try and return to the law um, in 2018. I was fortunate that my unique experience um, in a business actually helped me get my current job as a lawyer, even though running a business clearly is not the same as a lawyer. My current job initially required a lot of contract review and negotiation. Um, it's expanded since then, but I didn't have that experience at a law firm. I had it in a business. And so when I was hired, that was one of the things that was a major plus for the company that I had done that so much. They were also excited about the idea of having a business-minded lawyer the idea of lawyers as in-house lawyers, as more than just legal counsel, as key business advisors who also are lawyers is not new, but it's also not something that's trained in law schools. So I think my company and many companies in similar positions were excited about the idea of having a lawyer who had actual business experience. I think you have a really great point that many lawyers do in fact have this thought, wouldn't it be cool if? That, I mean, I, I've had this many times as a lawyer, um, as an associate, as a uh, lawyer for a Fortune 500 company, as a startup lawyer, wouldn't it be cool if, is a question that I think comes up 
if you're a bright person and many lawyers are. So it, it only makes sense. I think it's fine that courage to actually take this stuff. And this is actually kind of where I, I want to dive in. So that is a common question. I think least I, I have it often, but I also find that many of us, 95% of the time, live it on, you know, in the fantasy world or when I retire type of thing. How did you actually find the courage to take that step? So I think I took to heart the very cliched advice that you'll never look back and regret having tried something. You'll only look back, regret having not tried it. Um, and so knowing that I could try running a business and I could fail or not like it, but at least I would have tried it, gave me a lot of courage to do something different. And then I also think just being aware of how easy it is to sort of get stuck on a path because you can help me make that decision. So for a lot of lawyers, including me, you sort of get to each step by being good at a very set path. So I did well in college, so I could go to a good law school. I did well in law school, so I could go to a good firm. The next step for many people is either try and make partner, go to a smaller firm, or go in-house to a client or possibly the government, but it's very set out. And I think once I identified how set that path was and realized that in much of the world, professional world, outside of the law, that's not how it works. I understood that I did have other options and then I wanted to try them and that there could be benefits to them. I think the, the business benefits and legal benefits of running a business turned out to be even more than I expected. I didn't expect to use running a juice bar as a reason why somebody should hire me to be a lawyer for a newspaper company. But, you know, it worked out that way. And I think the, the more one makes the sort of surprising decisions or the different decisions, the easier it gets. It's almost like a, um, a muscle that gets stronger and it gets less scary and people are less surprised when you do weird things, which I think makes it easier. But I also like um, that you went back to law. Um, and as a person who I recently transitioned on the business side, you know, people call me a recovering lawyer. I, I, I resist when people tell me that uh, because it makes it sound as if I had made a poor judgment becoming one or it was sort of a horrible addiction. And I can assure you that I was a very happy lawyer and I'm really proud to have made that choice. And it was absolutely a fantastic experience for almost 15 years. Um, and so uh, I can definitely imagine a world where people fluidly go from one to another. I've never actually transitioned back to law. I'm not sure even if I want to. Um, I'm very um, in where I am today. Uh, but many have cautioned me that I would not be able to return. Um, and curious about how you, you know, you clearly gained some skills in the process. And it actually seems like it propelled you forward. Uh, but how did you convince your future employer that your, you know, uh, experience in running a juice bar <laughs> would be relevant for legal experience at a media company? Uh, that seems like a hard argument to make, especially if you are facing somebody who's not open-minded. That's true. And I think it's important to be upfront here that I definitely had the benefit of having gone to well-regarded schools. And if I'm having practiced at a well-regarded law firm, um, that's just a privilege that not everybody has and made it easier for me. I'm not saying impossible for others, but made it easier for me than somebody who had a different background to make the transition back in. I think what I was able to do is convince my current employer that the my schooling and my initial law firm training 
were sufficiently strong that I had a basic legal background and knew how to sort of think like a lawyer so that I would be able to learn things. Um, and then using the business experience, I was able to show that on top of those you know, very basic skills that all junior lawyers have, I had a particular expertise that would make me better at the specific thing they needed help with, which was contract review and negotiation. Um, it's very much a matter of marketing oneself. I think there are a lot of other things I probably could have taken the business experience and done. My company needed a contract lawyer and I did that. I was able to, fortunately, that's not the most exciting aspect of my job now. I was able to show that I could do that well and improve. And you know, I was relatively rapidly given a much broader scope of responsibilities once I proved myself, but being willing to you know, target my job based on the thirst experience, the business experience, um, and do something that was at a more junior level than you know my other law school classmates were doing because I'd been out of practice for a few years, just opened the door to a really exciting career. Heather, you describe practice of becoming a lawyer as sort of and I uh, as sort of meeting increasing number of goals. I, I call it hoop jumping. You know, you do well in high school, then you do well in college, then you do well in LSAT, then you do well in law school, then you uh, get your clerkship or you get your internship. You, you, it's sort of a life of a hoop jumping. <laughs> um, and, uh, and they are higher and higher, and the fire is, is more and more intimidating and more and more lines below. And yet that's a traditional path. And a lot of lawyers are stuck in this hoop jumping adventure Tell me, why do you think it is? The people who end up being really great law firm lawyers often were really good elementary school students. Like each step along the way builds and builds. Of course, there are many more skills involved um, as you get into senior levels of being a lawyer. And to be clear, there are plenty of people who actually love being law firm lawyers. And I know plenty of happy law firm partners. So I'm not saying you know, that there's a problem with the traditional path for everyone. It's for those who get stuck. Nowhere along the way are we as lawyers taught to even how to apply for a job outside of this set out path. I mean, when I was in law school, I did on-campus interviewing to get a summer job for between my 2L and 3L year. So before I even graduated, I had that job without ever having to figure out how to, I don't know, go on Indeed and apply for a job or whatever the thing was back then. Um, so we don't learn it and we're not taught that it's normal. I think the other thing that gets people stuck is that lawyers at, at least at top law firms and in many companies, have a job that they know other people would really want. And so they sort of assume that they should want it too. And that gets them stuck on the path because they think, I, if I can do this, I must, but that's just not the case. Yeah, I, uh, sometimes when I'm in the court, when I go to parties, when I used to go to parties, I introduced myself as professional hoop jumper. Um, <laughs> I love it. So that, um, you know, it's a more interesting conversation that I'm, hi, I'm Olga, I'm a lawyer. Um, but uh, yeah, we, you know, we get over time really good at this thing called hoop jumping and um, and um, we sometimes sort of think because we're good at it and everybody, you know, it's a desirable task. Um, that's maybe the task we should continue. So you made some typical choices, um, you know, at least not, you know, not a traditional past choices. Um, let's talk about sort of the rewards. It's obviously a scary decision, but what's the upside? What is the upside of the atypical choices, even if you go back to law? 
I think there are at least two huge ones that I would focus on. One is I tried the hard thing. I don't have the regret of not having tried to open a food-based business. I know so many people who say they want to do something similar and they never will and they'll always wonder. And I think that is a real value, but that's clearly not the only upside. The other upside is that I now have professional opportunities I never would have had. I would not have ended up in-house at my current role, but also at the roles I will likely have in the future because I have had an experience that 95% of lawyers haven't. I built a business from the ground up. It's just something unique. Um, so that opens professional doors, but I think it also, for me, sort of opened a richness to the practice of law and it's almost added an element to what I do that makes me really enjoy it that much more. I never knew about some of the considerations that I think about now when I was just practicing as a litigator. Do I still like litigation? Absolutely. But I'm having so much more fun with this very broad, truly generalist practice. So I took the risk to go outside of the law, but I ended up with a more rewarding for me legal career. If I'm a lawyer, junior, mid-level or senior, who's thinking about next move, having thoughts about wouldn't it be cool if, what is your recommendation? So I think the first thing is to think really hard about it and what exactly you want before you're desperate. Um, I think a lot of lawyers think like, wouldn't it be cool if I started a restaurant, for example, and also, wouldn't it be cool if I was doing absolutely anything but what I'm doing right now? I'm exhausted. I'm working 100 hours a week. I don't have time to think about anything. And those are the people who sort of get stuck in what you describe as hoop jumping. So maybe they leave their firms, but they just go to sort of the next, the next thing that's set up. Somebody helps them get in-house at a client or they go to a smaller firm because they're told it will be a lifestyle firm. Um, so I think thinking about exactly what one really wants ahead of time before the desperation sets in is one thing I would say. And then two things I would, or really one thing I would say, but two books I would recommend that I think really help sort of figure out what you want life and your career to look like are Cal Newport's So Good They Can't Ignore You and Designing Your Life by Bill Burnett. And these are books that I read long after I had actually left the law, but I wish I had read them sooner. I don't know that they would have changed anything for me, but they really force you to think about, in the case of So Good They Can't Ignore You, whether passion should follow skill or the other way around. And in the case of designing your life, about all the possibilities. If you go through the book, it actually forces you to think about options that are completely different than whatever you're thinking about or doing now. And I think that is a great way to sort of expand the possibilities. Then there's the other obvious thing that a career coach would be better positioned to talk about than I am. Go talk to people who are doing what you're thinking about doing in terms of wouldn't it be cool if, you know, figure out if it's actually feasible. Do you have the savings? What if you fail? What are your obligations? But I think the first things I talked about are my more unique perspective on that. Great book, by the way. Um, like the first one a lot. What I like about the second recommendation is uh, that it comes with a workbook. Um, and I, I had the book and the workbook, uh, never actually completed the workbook, but flipping through it, uh, I think you kind of got it uh, in the same way, just flipping through it and reading, not necessarily even committed to writing, switches something in your mind and, and makes you look at the same thing differently. Um, I, I, I read both of them about you know, um, midway through my 15 year practice, maybe a, a third way through my practice, 
And um, I've never looked at life or career or, or practicing law the same way. Um, so yeah, I, I highly recommend those books as well. Um, we're coming to the end of this really great conversation. I, I've learned so much from you and, um, and thank you for sharing your past. Um, I have to ask you, do you wish you'd done anything differently? Any regrets, anything um, you wanna do differently? Was every choice I made along the way probably the smartest one? Absolutely not. Um, but they've all sort of taken me to where I am here. And if I had done a different step or taken a different path anywhere along the way, I wouldn't have landed where I am now, which is in a job that I love, at a company I enjoy with great people doing what I think of as really important things, particularly right now, I think it's a really important time to be you know, protecting journalism. Nothing went exactly as planned. It never does, but it worked out for me. So I don't think I would do anything differently. And thank you for protecting journalism. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think it's no secret. It's not a secret that I, I like writing. I'm not a journalist. Um, I don't even consider myself a writer, uh, but I do love sharing. A writer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are all writers, you know? Reading, writing, and arguing are kindergarten skills. I always joke that lawyers have perfected the kindergarten skills. So to that extent, we're all writers. I'm no more writers than anybody else. Um, but um, thank you for doing this. Uh, I think it's a, it's a critical service to society. And um, thank you for uh, sharing ideas uh, to help other lawyers to maybe look at their practice differently. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure to talk to you. And I hope something I said is helpful to someone in your audience. Absolutely. Thank you so much.